the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Hi there. Welcome to the program. If you join us on a regular basis, you'll know that Pastor Jesse is sharing a series called Arise, Move, and Go. Our message today is called Family Matters. God is always zeroing in on the attitude of our hearts, isn't he? And this is what we'll be discussing today as we study Numbers chapter 12. With this edition of Way of Grace now, here's Pastor Jesse. Now you might be God's lamb acting like a goat, and a lot of God's lambs act like goats. And we'll say things that we should not say. Am I making some sense? But this one is atrocious because it's pulling down the whole system. Can you see it? It's pulling down the whole system. Uh, uh, His wife, Zipporah, has nothing to do with this. She's back at home with her daddy. Moses is doing the lonely job of leading the people of God to the promised land. He's a humble man. I'm here to tell you, he's a humble man. And, and humble does not mean that you don't live with all kinds of internal conflicts, troubles and strains and difficulties. You do. You just don't publicize them. You, you're, not, you're not trading in your struggles for people's, you know, sympathy and, 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 and please. You're not doing, when you're humble, you just do your job and you take it to the Lord. Am I making some sense? Moses was humbled unto this day. Let me show you another way in which he was humbled before I go into my final point. He was humbled to this day in that he's still wearing a veil. A little while ago, I taught you that Moses had come down off the mount with the two tables of stone. He had been in fellowship with God for 40 days. And the glory of God was so imminent in Moses' life that his face shone. Do you guys remember that? Here's Numbers 33. Number 34, and when Moses came near them, they shrunk away from him because they did not want to dwell in the midst of the ineffable bliss. They did not want to be a partaker of the very glory that they would have been freely available to partake of by having Moses in the midst. They didn't want to share in the presence of God and its afterglow in Moses' life. And I told you that was a telltale warning that they love darkness rather than light. Are y'all keeping up with me? Right. And I told you that as a Christian, when you are walking in fellowship with God and your communion and your devotion to him is rich and it really sustains and it causes your central identity, your central marker as a believer to be prominent, people are going to know you're a Christian. They're going to know you're a Christian, not because you're going around with a bunch of, you know, Mary Kay smiles and superficial, you know, quips about being a believer. I told you, don't even do that to help the new Christians here. Don't even tell people you're saved. Don't even use any of the religious colloquialisms. Don't do any of that. 
Did y'all hear what I said? Because we love to create labels and placards and billboards. I'm saved. I love Jesus. You don't have to tell it. Just show it. We're way past telling people we love Jesus. We already know you don't by the way you vote. We're way past that. We're like we're, I already told you most people are ungodly because they're not content. Most people know you don't really love Jesus because you have to put it on a placard. Your love is very minuscule. They shall know that you are my disciples by the way you allow love to prevail in your life. Did you hear what I just stated? Right. I, I told you, though, American Christian, we sell everything. We sell oxygen. We sell water and we sell Jesus. The Middle East and the, East, the Far East is starting to say, we're tired of your Jesus. I'm going down a larger geopolitical stratum now. You guys already know it. It's starting to come apart right now. It's starting, all right, we're done with your Jesus because your Jesus looked like Revelation 17 and 18. We're done. You won't know that unless you read your Bible. Again, you know, Christians don't read their Bible in America, so they would never know what I just said. The harlot sitting upon the scarlet-colored beast. That's false religion mixed with politics. That's what we have been doing forever. And people in other countries know that we're, we're hoodwinking. We're faking. We're, we're wicked. We're religious charlatans in America. They know it. Do you understand that? And, and so what we're dealing with here, with, with Moses, I'm trying to tell you, he's still wearing a veil. He put the veil on in order to maintain fellowship. With these men and women that don't want the glory. Is that humble or what? Is that, somebody tell me, is that not humble? You put a veil on so that they can tolerate you and your Jesus. And I told you that's what you and I are called to do when we're working in the office or we're engaged in a task. We don't have to go around basking in a way that we're forcing people to be uncomfortable. You can put that veil on and hope that some of the glow comes from under the veil and leaks on out. But let it come out through your character. Let it come out through your attitude. Let it come out through your words, not because of your arrogance or your pompousness or your religiosity. Let God do it. Oh, what a beautiful picture of Moses as a type of Jesus. I only know one other person more meek than Moses. His name was Jesus. And he veiled his glory in his body. The ineffable bliss who thought it was not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on the form of man, the form of a servant, the form of a slave, and veiled his glory so he could dwell with humanity, even though we despise the fullness of the Godhead bodily complete in him. Am I making some sense? Right. Jesus hangs out with us now. If he had to, if he pulled it back like he did with Peter, James, and John, we could not stand it. We're a bunch of sinners. We're a bunch of sinners. See what I'm getting at? See what I'm getting at? Moses was humble. See, and I think, stay with me, I'm getting ready to move to the next point. I think that when you do embrace humility like Moses did, people count it for weakness. Right. So when the servant of God walks in the humility and stays in his lane and and does not flaunt his authority, you call it weakness. 
You find that all through the scriptures and all through society. Whenever we have godly men and women who walk in their lane and don't become pompous, peacocky type of individuals, we call that weakness. When really what they are are men and women who are disciplined and constrained and know how to hold in their power only to use it when it's right and appropriate. We want flashy folks flying all around like comic book heroes. And they're frauds every time. So, So we will prosecute and persecute the humble servant. And then when the arrogant, pompous, antichrist servant rises up, we keep our mouth shut. Listen carefully to me. When the arrogant, antichrist authorities rise up, we keep our mouth shut. We're scared of him. Did y'all hear what I just said? When the arrogant, pompous authoritarians rise up as pseudo-Christ saviors, creating crisis to drive you to the knees and beg you to submit to them, we hold our peace. Am I t- should I stop? Did I hurt y'all feelings? Did I hurt your feelings? I'm trying to show you how, how bad we are our mis- at misunderstanding and perceiving what is appropriate to perceive when it comes to authority. Am I making some sense? So, so think about this. Think about this. Got one more point. I'm done with you guys. Think about this. Think about if we have a pattern of good men and women who want to actually lead and they've already wrestled with not wanting to because when you're a good leader, you don't want to. You're just compelled by the exigencies of the circumstance. And, and then when they begin to move out to do it, they get all kind of ridicule and all kinds of ad hominems by the very people that should be supporting them. No wonder we don't have that many people standing up for righteousness. No wonder. No wonder you can't even get the righteous to walk with you. See what I'm getting at? Now, I'm a little passionate with my message because I actually know my Bible to know that it's going to get worse in three chapters. Because Miriam and Aaron just sowed the seeds of corporate rebellion against Moses with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They're going to say the same thing in chapter 16, verse 3. You take too much on yourself, Moses. We, we be the Lord's people too. We can prophesy just like you. This is what you got going on in this atomized church age you and I live in. Everybody's a preacher. Every woman's a preacher. Every man's a preacher. Every dog and cat's a preacher. We got preachers everywhere. Did y'all hear what I just stated? Everywhere. You got all these self-appointed, self-anointed preachers everywhere. Uh, 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 demanding an egalitarian worldview. But we just learn, blessed is the man whom God chooses. And see, when we get to chapter 16, God's going to ask, he's going to respond again and going to clean house. When God's done in chapter 16, ain't nobody going to want to take the lead. But he's, God has to do something now in our account to help us understand the danger of the deceptive distortion of misperception. Because under that, under this second point, it's so very clear that what Moses was doing was simply accommodating their toxic mindset. He had been accommodating them from the beginning. You know that when they came right up against the water before they even crossed over. Moses, you brought us out of here, out here to kill us. 
This man has been dealing with accusation after accusation after accusation up to this point. Am I making some sense? And now God intervenes, and, 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 and this is bad that God's intervening. Look with me in chapter 12, verse 5, verse 4. Are you there? And the Lord spake uh, suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto who? And the Lord spake suddenly unto Miriam? No, Moses. Do you see the order? Getting ready to show you something. He spoke first to Moses as he did to Adam, even though Eve was in the transgression. God maintains the hierarchy of authority. Look at it very carefully. And the Lord said unto Moses, unto Aaron and unto Miriam, come out you three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they hurry up and came out. See, you need to read it like that because that's what the narrative means for you to get. The Lord is like big papa. Hey, you three knuckleheads, come here. Do you see it? Do you see it? Parents don't get to talk like that today. You go to jail talking to your kids like that. My kids would move. My kids' feet wouldn't even touch the ground when I talk like that. They'd come so quick. I used to come that quick with my mom. She's only four foot five. Yes, ma'am. That's called respecting. That's called respecting authority when you have to raise that voice. I didn't have a job. I didn't have my own place to live. I didn't have my own food. I didn't even know what. Whatever you want, mom. Right, so daddy's calling, and he's serious about it. This is not a joke here. And notice God's not even dealing with the crazy people. He's dealing with the crazy family. That's why our message is family matters. He's dealing with the crazy family. Listen to what he says. The text tells us, And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood, in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. Now, will you notice a separation? Do you notice it? This is daddy talking. Moses, you stay over here because this ain't about you. This is about these two rebellious, deceptive, mentally distorted children that somehow arrogantly assumes they can occupy a position that I did not give them. Can y'all see it? Give me a few more minutes. Notice what it says. Here's what he says. And he said, hear now the words that I tell you. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision and I will speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. Now, this is certainly true. I don't want to go into a whole discourse on the prophets. All of the prophets had revelations of God. And frequently, the Lord Jesus would speak to them. I've told you, whenever God speaks, it's the voice of the Son of God. He is the word of the Father. You must know that. All of the prophets did not have a special personal coming down from heaven of the Lord Jesus. That's what you see in the text, is it not? Who's coming down? Jesus. Jesus is always the one coming down. We saw him come down in chapter 34, stood by Moses, did he not? We saw him come down in Numbers 11, stood by Moses when he poured his spirit on the 70 elders, did he not? I'm showing you how to see the invisible Yahweh in your text. Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it's written of me. Your Bible is about Jesus because he's the mediator between God and us. And when he's coming down... He's coming down to mediate for our good, but he will also punish our sin. You see it? 
Look at the text. It tells us. And the Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud, stood in the tabernacle and said, come here. Come here, Aaron. Come here, Miriam. And he said, hear now my words. Verse 8. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. That here, this here underscores an equality of relationship. Not ontologically, but relationally. Meaning Moses is not going to have to reach for understanding who God is. He's not going to have to chase God down. The Lord Jesus is right. Watch this. Notice what the text says. I will speak to him mouth to mouth, even what? Apparently. Not in parables, not in dark speeches, not in similes, not in metaphors, not in analogies, not in, not in opaque terms, but very plainly. And the what? The similitude, the similitude, the image, the concrete manifestation of the invisible Yahweh. Who is that? His name is Jesus. Do you see it? The Lord Jesus had constant fellowship with Moses. Did he not? Moses had the privilege of knowing the second person. That's because Moses is a representative of him. That's Deuteronomy 18, 15 in your own time. The Lord is going to raise up someone in the end times just like me. Him, you better hear because if you don't, he's going to destroy you. So Moses points to who? Did y'all get that? Capture that. That's a key for you to get. Moses and Jesus had constant fellowship in the Old Testament. And what happens in Matthew 17, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, there Moses is again, along with Elijah. They knew Jesus. All three of them sum up the totality of your Bible. The law, the prophets, and the New Testament. Did y'all get that? The total revelation of God is summed up in Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. That book you got called the Bible, that's Moses, Elijah, and who? Jesus, through the 12 uh, 12 apostles. Y'all got what I'm saying? Jesus is talking here to Aaron and Miriam. This is wild. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? See? Y'all get that question? All right, I'm almost done here. This is wild. You know what Jesus said to them? How come you didn't fear my servant? Who do you think you are? Who you, I know that's your brother. I also know that's your little brother. But this is not about flesh and blood. I called him. How come you didn't fear him? See what I'm getting at? This is an application to every one of our families. This is an application to every one of our families. Every one of our families should be probed by this right now because God demands that we respect the hierarchy of authority in the home, in the church, and in the government. Did that make some sense to you? How come you didn't fear my servant? How come you didn't? This is serious with God. Now watch it now because I think you guys got the message. I don't need to unpack it that much. Hear it for yourself. Notice again in verse 9, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he what? Now, when he departed, everyone in Israel saw it. Because remember, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam had to go out to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was already separated from the people of God. Stage one of departure, I taught y'all that. So Israel is way down the road looking at what's going on down the road in the tabernacle. 
and the Shekinah glory was on it. The cloud and the fire were on it while God, while Christ is talking to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. When he gets through chiding Aaron and Miriam, what does he do? He leaves, which is a symbol of God being displeased with the whole nation. This is a precursor to Ezekiel 9 through 18, where I taught you the Shekinah glory leaves the Holy of Holies, leaves the cherubim, the Ark of the Covenant. And once the Holy of Holies is abandoned by the Shekinah glory, it's just empty religion without power. Y'all keeping up with me? Very good. Very good. Something for you to learn. This is why David, this is why David said, In the Psalms, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's why he said it. That's why he said it. Don't play with God. All right. You might be saved. But if God backs away from you, you are empty and powerless. You are susceptible to any and every carnal thing that any other human being is susceptible to except blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Let me help you. When God backs away from you, you have told him, Lord, I don't want you dominating my mind and my heart. I don't want you convicting me of sin. I don't want you keeping me in my lane. I want to operate outside of my lane. I want to do what I want to do. And if he gives you over to that, please understand you are begging for misery. And it shows up in not fearing God and not fearing authority, which is an attribute of the devil. The devil hates authority unless it's his own. Y'all keeping up with me? Very clear. Verse 10. Let me walk this out and shut it down. And the cloud departed from the tabernacle. Behold, Miriam became leprous and white as snow. See it? She went up to the tabernacle hole. She left rotting in her skin. We could go deep into the leprosy thing. We will not. Leprosy was a contagion at that time as it is today. And it was symbolic of the uh, ravages of sin in our body. In the same way that leprosy would start small as a scab on the skin, and then because it was deeper, epi, uh, the, uh, the epidermics of it goes under the skin because it gets into the blood. Um, it begins to spread and the skin hardens and, and there's a very, very gross smell manifested with it. And so the nerve endings are compromised. And so you start losing digits of your body. And it's a very ugly, slow, massive death. Am I making some sense? And Miriam was starting that process, indicating that God had brought that curse on her for her rebellion. Now, listen to what he says, because you just need to hear God's argument, not mine. Listen to God's argument. The text says over verse 10, verse 11, And Aaron said to Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech you, lay not this sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. There go Jimmy Swaggart again. Stay, stay with me. Moses is the high priest. Is Moses the high priest? Doesn't he have access to God? He doesn't act like it. He's acting like he doesn't know God from the man on the moon, and he's calling on Moses to be the high priest. Things to learn. So here's an application. Sometimes people are so 
far away from their walk with God that they don't have confidence that they can talk to God. Y'all keeping up with me? So they're so far away from God in their walk, they don't have confidence that God will hear them. And so they will frequently say to you, pray for me. Are y'all hearing me? Right. When you can discern that that's sincere and true, say, I will, and make sure you do it. But a lot of times they're asking you to pray for them because they're not willing to call on God for themselves. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.